For your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose. And welcome to episode number 328 of This Old Marketing for Tuesday, June 16th, 2022. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, a guy I got to see this week, and a guy who could have totally fit into Marilyn Monroe's dress, Mr. Joe Polizzi. You saw this, no, yes? No, but, well, first, <laughs> no. Well, you don't know no, what I'm, I'm talking about? First of all, uh, I'm not gonna, you're not going to start this over, but it's Thursday, the 16th, not Tuesday. The what did 16th. I say? Tuesday? Tuesday the 16th, which is fine because, oh, yeah, because there always will, there will be a Tuesday the 16th at some time during some months. So we'll just fantastic. Leave it that. I'm not, I'm not going to go back. No, yeah, should. I'm not going to no, go should. back. That's then. why this, that's the greatness of this old marketing is we don't care. We really, just, we leave, we leave it all, all leave the it mistakes. All, no, now, leave it, leave, leave it all on the field. Now you can explain the Marilyn Monroe thing because I've obviously been out of the Okay. You are definitely out okay, of the loop. So it is a it is it is going around the internet right now. So the lovely my neighbor uh, Kim Kardashian uh, decided, I guess, at the behest of Ripley's Believe It or Not, who owns the iconic dress that Marilyn Monroe sang "Happy Birthday" to John F. Kennedy in, which is a beautiful sequined, um, you know, very sexy dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was going to wear it at a gala. Uh, and so, uh, apparently as the story goes, and, and I'm just reading from what the media tells me, she tried the dress on, it didn't fit. So she went on a binge diet to drop the, whatever number of pounds she needed to drop to fit into the dress still didn't fit. So they basically put it on her, um, as best they could, couldn't zip it up. So she wore a fur to sort of hide the fact that it wasn't zipped up in the back, but then proceeded to damage it, damage oh, it pretty, no. pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, during, during her wearing of the dress. So people are, uh, people are upset. People are upset that she has destroyed a piece of history, um, of this, uh, of this iconic dress. Uh, you know, I think I, I find it, so interesting what people are really upset about these days, but it, it, nonetheless, it, it's it's quite the uh, news item these days uh, for Kim Kardashian ruining quote unquote the iconic historical. And it is I, to me, I'm not sure what to gain. Ripley's would have gotten out of this because, by the way, she ch- she changed right as she got off the red carpet. She changed into a replica of the dress for the remainder of the evening. Um, and so why they didn't just have her walk w- in with a replica of the dress and sort of use that to market and feature, because I'm sure this was a marketing thing, trying to market up the, the fact that they own the dress and have the dress for display. But <laughs> overall, it's just a very interesting and silly thing. Well, to take your cynical nature, maybe it happened exactly the way it was supposed to happen. We're talking about it. Would well, we have talked about yeah. it if it didn't well, know? Yeah, there you and go. And we're talking about Ripley's, and Ripley's doesn't get a lot of love anymore. So that's true. This is great marketing, but they're not getting they're not getting they're not getting a lot of love now either, though. I mean, the the general narrative seems to be they really screwed the pooch here by by 
letting her walk the red carpet in this dress because it's damaged. It's, I mean, it's, they have photographs of it actually damaged. And so you wouldn't think they would have let that. I mean, I, I can't see an upside for them in that, but but are but yeah. Well, I first of you. all, are they, they real photographs or are they deep fakes? Oh and, no! And, and you know what? And they what color is the dress? Is it gold or is it blue? <laughs> if they would have made an NFT of the dress, then it would not be damaged. Ah, and see, many there you people go. Could have owned the NFT. <laughs> There we go. Right? I'm waiting. Yes. Well, here we go. I think we should start a new NFT collection called the Bored Kardashian. Oh, my God. You know how that would would take off. That would absolutely. It would be huge. Uh, the board Kardashian and would you take could, off. And yeah. you would be the, the you right project owner. You have a board Kim, a board for, Chloe. Well, you would be the right project owner yeah. for that because you do know quite a bit about the Kardashians because you live so close. I don't. I actually don't. I, I know them as neighbors. I do not know them as people. Don't you get together um, for like yeah. cheese and wine every now and again? Oh Does no, never... no, 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 no. They are they are they are very. Uh, let's just call them security heavy, uh, and rightfully so. Look, there are a lot of weird people. Um, most of the incidents I will tell you in our neighborhood have something to do with somebody trying to break in. So I understand why they have the security because it's there's some just weird people out in the world that are trying to i don't know see them yes, for some reason but yeah yeah and, and, yeah and, so here's my question yeah do you, do you ever see uh yes. Godf- do you ever see godfather part two where uh, of course where uh, the don's place gets broken into they you know fire the shot at michael corleone and then they release the dogs you remember that they release yes. the dogs and they're yes. looking for the that's my question do they have secure? I know they have all the electronic security, but do they have dog security? Like that, I think they is do a not. special amount. Not that of I can see. Yes, I think not they do. that. Not that I can see. I, I don't believe any of them have pets at all. Well, I, they're not you that know, I can dog see. security. It, they're not necessarily pets, are they? They're part well. That's of true. No, well, force. that's true. They're, they do not have any animals at all, as as far as they have no guard cows, they have no guard goats, they have no guard horses, nor do they have any guard dogs, to my knowledge. Guard cows. Guard cows. <laughs> yes. It's like guard cows and mamby pamby yeah, land, that, my friend. Yeah, did you yes, get that new ADT do. security system? No, 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 no. I got birth <laughs> of the cow right here. Yes. I'll take you out. Yes. Two seconds. They, they, they. Hold on. The guard cow, it steers your security. Oh, my God. How about that? That's brilliant. Uh, you see what I did there? Oh, that's yeah. so good. The guard cow. I think people would buy it. It steers your Absolutely. security. Before, yeah. we, uh, before we get much further, uh, you've, yeah. you have, I mean, it's so, I mean, you've sort of been announcing it, but it actually is, is on. You, it actually happens, yes. Your thing, you're doing it. I want to hear about it. We opened up the front doors. Yeah, we opened up the front doors of Experience Advisors, so... Uh, thank you to those who had waited and were so patient in the sort of waiting queue who had, who had put in applications um, to come into the community. Uh, we've opened the doors to them. Um, so the way we're doing this, by the way, is in uh, – I'm calling them classes. So uh, – and not – I mean classes as in sort of the class of 85, the class of 86, not like class, you know, like first class, second class. Uh, but it will be uh, th- those who sign up uh, have signed up now, and are and we've opened up the front doors. And uh, just to be perfectly transparent, there's not a lot there right now. I mean, it's it's new, it's brand new. So come in and 
you know, you can scrape up the joint if you want to, because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of content in there yet. But you know, we're opening up and we're new and we're we're going to start some stuff. Um, class one is in, and for listeners of uh, this old marketing, if anybody wants to go apply. Uh, and become part of class one, which I'll keep open until uh, early next week. Let's call it Monday of next week uh, to give folks a chance to listen to all of this. And uh, we'll, you know, if you want to come apply, you'll be part of the first class, the, the class number one coming in. And each week, then each Friday, I'm going to then process the new applications that come in and there will be class two. And then the following Friday will be class three and class four and class five and so on and so forth. And hopefully we'll build a little thing. We're we're the the idea is anybody who is a consultant or advises people in the area of content, customer experience, digital marketing, basically anybody in the customer experience, that's what we're gonna talk about. It's a community of those who help others optimize customer experiences. And we have basically when you sign up, you'll see there are four categories, not for segmenting people, but for just identifying so that we can try and keep a balance. Uh, We have storytellers, uh, which are people who create content and create customer experiences. We have strategists, those who actually advise other companies or their bosses on creating uh, customer experiences that are strategic to business. We have students who may be older or younger, but basically are there just to learn and lurk and uh, understand. Uh, and then um, ultimately, uh, those those categories become uh, how we'll try and balance the community to just get really good stuff in there, good tips, tricks, templates, uh, ideas, uh, all of it powered with Idea Coin, which is the creator coin that uh, I created, and uh, through the rally system, and. Basically, I'm encouraging people to not go buy the coin, but rather come in and participate in the community, and you'll get it for free um, for throwing out what? Well, good ideas, hopefully. So that's the that's the joint. And then you know, there's an email newsletter that goes along with that. If you're a member, um, you don't have to subscribe to the email newsletter to be a member um, if you don't like email. But uh, that's where we'll keep everybody up to date on what's going on and curate stuff. We're going to have live Zoom events. We'll have our first live Zoom event in mid July, uh, where we'll have what we're calling a navigation session, which will be uh, you know sort of how are we navigating the economy, how are we navigating clients, what's going on from a trends perspective, and hopefully just create a valuable community where we can talk about stuff. And that's, uh, that's, that's the joint. And it's all, this is all free. Oh, all free. This all is free. Free, free, free. This is, ama- this is free, amazing free, free. value. I'm not going to, to sign up, but other people should. I, I understood. <laughs> yes, I absolutely would not have expected you to even bother to participate. Yes. I like it. I like the concept. I think you got something uh, there. Thank you. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. The, the whole idea is, is that at some point, you know, we're using Discord because uh, Discord integrates so well with the rally coin. Um, though what my hope is, is that the community really becomes one that can meet in person, that can meet online, and that can share ideas. And Discord literally just becomes a mechanism of sharing ideas, sure. not necessarily a destination. So, um, yeah, it's 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 an experiment. You know, we as I say many times in the in you know in the invite and in the copy of the website, uh, 
it's it's I'm Indiana Jones here. It's just, we're making this up as we go along. So hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's something interesting. And it, by the way, the URL is experienceadvisors.io. Of course it is. It would have to. Of be. course this, it's the .io. Would of have course, to be. if it, it wasn't is. io, I would be disappointed. That's so, right. That's that. I this one. Brian, I understand all the kids are all dancing. All the kids to are these dancing days, to so. the io. So you you yeah, you got yeah. that right. Well, good. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. And, and as I think, thank you. Yeah. I think you're I'll, right about the experimentation. I was on an interview this morning. Somebody was asking me what about Web three stuff, and I said, "Look, you got to if you." What we're seeing right now in applications around Web3 is like Netscape Navigator during the Internet age starting. I mean, that's right. That's We're so, so early. We have no concept of what this is going to be. So, I mean, I, I love I look at everything right now that's going on as a test and experiment. We learn. We see what's going to take and we'll go from there, knowing that we've got a ways to go. That's it for you. That's re- that's exactly right. So it's a it's I, I'm looking for it to be a joyful, fun project uh, that everybody can get some value out of. You know, I mean, it's you know, it goes all the way back to, and I mean this earnestly. It goes back to the thing that I learned from my grandfather so many years ago, which I quote him on the website, which is, you know, what experiences have you created for someone today? Because when you create an experience for someone, you get to have the experience too. So that's the whole the whole point of this thing is to have fun, get good ideas flowing and meet some people and just have a place to hang out. Um, And so, yeah. And so the whole application process is not to really provide any sort of, you know, you know, velvet rope and bouncer situation. It's it's much more just to make sure that we get people who are you know, who, who want to be there, right? We, we're not, we're not looking for, you know, the, the people who are looking to sell stuff and all that kind of thing. Got it. Very good. There's, I, I there, there's definitely a niche there for sure. There's, there's a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, you've, there's just definitely yeah. 37 people that do yes, exactly that's what exactly you're right. <laughs> that's exactly right. I think you'll right. find 37. Them. I think you will find them. You probably already know them all. So, I do, probably do. So, yeah. No, it's it's just funny. It's brings me back when I launched. We were having uh, dinner with friends. Thirty-seven. No, seriously. When uh, we were we were having. Dinner. I'm going to put that on the front page of the website. Are you one? There are at least 30, thirty-seven people who exactly Joe Polizzi. No, the. Uh, I, I was having dinner with friends. This is back in 2010, and I was telling them about content marketing world, and my friend said, "So." Like, so how many people do you think would come to an event like this? And he threw out the number 29 for whatever reason. He's like, you think you'll get 29 people? And I remember that always because we, you know, as we got 600 that year and then a thousand the next year, whatever. I said, what do you think of my 29 people? You Whatever. So yeah, your number is 37. I don't have you. And I want you you to go way beyond that. Although, as we talked about. You don't. You don't need. You. You just need your super. No. Fans. You just need a small That's group right. of passionate people, all pushed and focused in the right direction, and, uh, and yep. you got something. So. That's exactly right. That's go. exactly right. Very good. This is the yeah. All right. Well, should we? We should get to a show since oh, we I, since we're I, here. I didn't even know since we, we're actually I here. We were live. Yeah. I thought we were just yeah chatting like we do beforehand. Yeah. Which is, by the way, yep. not anything different. This is how we no, normally talk to each other, which is kind of weird. Absolutely. In and of itself. But go ahead. 
We we do have a fun show. Uh, we have some interesting things to talk about. We're gonna we it would be remiss if we did not talk about the state of crypto, the economy, and where things are, which have taken a real interesting turn in the last couple of weeks here. So we'll talk a little bit about crypto and layoffs and the industry and tech and media and all those kinds of things. We'll talk about a Canadian bill, uh, meaning a legislation bill, not just a dollar bill, but a Canadian legislation uh, bill that might actually hurt content creators and content marketers in a very interesting way. And we'll try and sort through the confusion there. Um, Facebook pulls the rug out underneath media companies. Yeah, that's right. Yet again. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And if time, we'll talk a little bit about the Washington Post and what they've been doing both on the media side as well as the technology side, completely really changing the entire business landscape of what Washington Post really is all about. Joe is going to, well, he's going to talk about why you should just give up and oh, really give up on life. Stop uh, it. <laughs> Come on. It's, no, it's very motivational. We're going to talk about yes, exactly. why you should not give a- up. And I'm... And I'm going to rave about uh, two things, actually. One is a recent article that came out yesterday from uh, Mark Ritson, uh, the much, well, let's just leave it at that, Mark Ritson. Um, And I'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll also talk about the fact that AOL, it's back, baby. Um, And uh, talk a little bit about how you might get to experience that 1996 goodness. Uh, So some fun stuff to talk about. I think. All right. Well, let's let's start with the with the economy. All right, let's talk about the bad and, news. Yeah, let's start with the I mean, bad everyone's news. Everyone's feel <laughs> everyone's feeling it, right? I mean, it's it's almost the topic Everybody's of conversation is inflation, the price of gas, the impending recession. And of course, we're going to talk about Oh yeah, that. I'm getting so many questions. Yeah, I'm getting so many questions around crypto and and you know, how low can you go? How low can you go? Uh, the articles that we'll, we're going to link to two articles that sort of make up the basis of our discussion here. One is coming out of Coindesk, which is noting that Coinbase, and by the way, Coinbase isn't the only one. It just happens to be the one that is laying off maybe the most of what we've seen here. Coinbase laying off 1,100 employees, reducing its workforce by roughly 18%. Uh, Brian Armstrong admits the company grew too quickly. I, really? Um, Coinbase is laying off around 1,100 employees as part of a cost-cutting plan, the company said in a filing on Tuesday. Coinbase initially said in May it was paring back its hiring plans and then later said it would rescind new job offers. The latest plan involves cutting the workforce by around 18% as of June 10th, which will have around 5,000 total employees as the end of the current quarter, the company said, adding that it expects to be uh, executed by the end of the second quarter. Coinbase estimated it would incur $40 million to $45 million in total restructuring uh, expenses. On Tuesday morning, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong published a note that was shared with all employees. We appear to be entering a recession after a 10-plus year economic boom, Armstrong stated, before alluding to the potential of another crypto winter. The article goes on to explain uh, how Coinbase shares are down almost 80% this year, uh, and then House uh, analysts have basically lowered revenue estimates. Coinbase isn't alone here, of course. Uh, there's, it's just one of many companies in the tech space and especially in the crypto space that have been hurting lately. The other article that we'll link to here is from MarketWatch, which talks about how Bitcoin itself, the cryptocurrency, among others, uh, Ethereum, you know, Cardano, uh, Solana, all of them, they are tumbling. Uh, Bitcoin tumbling below twenty-one thousand dollars. And uh, it could get a lot worse, says MarketWatch. Um, so what say you, Mr. Polizzi? The, are we, 
in recession? Are we headed to recession? What's what's going on here with uh, crypto and the economy at large? Well, well, it it seems like we are in the middle of a recession. Well, the, at least the start start of a recession right now. And if you look at any of the market pricing that goes on with crypto or uh, the stock market, we yes, that that's that's what we're preparing for. This, the markets are always ahead of this game. So they see, we see what's happening with inflation. You've got the Fed raising interest rates. I think they raised 75 basis points yesterday as we talk about, two days ago they as did. we talk yep. about this. That's the largest increase since 1994. Um, they are really trying to stave off some really serious inflation that we actually knew was coming. Where I was surprised is I thought that Bitcoin itself would be a good hedge against um, inflation, and that was the theory from a lot of people. But what we have now realized is that it is considered a risk asset, just like when you look at the high flyers that were on the NASDAQ, those stock prices are down 60 to 80. Like, look at Roku. Like, how much I love Roku. I love the company. I love the business model. That stock's down over 75%. So, this is not yeah. just a crypto thing. This is all risk assets. Things are flowing into value. The question right now is we are in a formal bear market. If you look at the S&P and you look at NASDAQ, the Dow's on its way. So you just have to say, okay, well, what do we do from here? And I guess a couple takes are if you're patient and you're young, this is a wonderful thing that just happened because we have been going through outside of the blip during COVID-19 and how that developed and we saw March and April were sort of crazy. We've had an 11 plus year run bull market. And there's a good portion of the young, young youth of America or youth around the world that have never seen a recession. have never seen anything like this. I mean, I remember during the great recession in 08, 09, I remember that really well because we launched our business during that time. I remember what happened in 2001, 2002. Um, so I think it's good that we remind ourselves that things don't always go up. And what I think it's doing right now, and you're seeing a lot of these really strange projects, specifically in Web3 and crypto, that probably should have never happened. Because you had a, you had a time last year, we talked about another show, where you could throw money at any project, put buy any NFT, and it would go up. Well, now you're back to reality, and this is this is when the work gets done. If you talk about the greatest, some of the greatest companies in the world, we talk about the you know, infamous Intel started during a recession. This is when great companies get started, and this is when you can, if you're starting out, you can really make up ground. So if you're you were thinking about launching that NFT and Web three project, well, now might be the best time of all because you're you're offered a little bit of forgiveness. You're offered a little bit of experimentation. You're definitely offered a lot of uh, patience and time to get this done. And if you just look at cycles and you believe that we are at the start of a recession, you probably got a couple years here. So I guess my you know my final recommend. I, I think I talked about this last week, Robert. But this now is the time. If you're in content creation, you're in content marketing. Now is the time to really, really get focused deliver value under for an underserved audience whatever that is find the niche that you could dominate at look at different ways to diversify your revenue streams and deliver consistently 
You know, just like you're talking about with your new project, the core the, that's going to succeed or fail based on you delivering consistent value to your community. That's what that saves every project on the planet. And we know that projects, content projects don't make it. The ones that don't make it are usually the ones that stop. So we have to keep going right. through this. It does take time. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a downer. I mean, uh, most portfolios have really taken a hit. And I am I am a Bitcoin believer through and through. I'm a decentralized finance believer through and through. I believe in the future of Web3. And so I've got to get past the temporary lull in pricing, if you will, and say, wow, what an opportunity. And it depends on if you want to take advantage of that opportunity or not. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, look, I, I think... One of the things that can easily happen here is that people get freaked out. Yes, um, and, and 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 I think everybody just needs to take a breath um, because here's the thing: a few things to remember. One is the stock market is not the economy. First of all, um, and so you know only. <laughs> It's roughly 56%, 52%, depending on whose number you believe, uh, of American adults own stock. So the stock market is not the economy. That said, the economy, it, neither is the crypto market, by the way, the, even, even more telling. Uh, the crypto market has zero to do with the economy. And so, but, but the economy, of course, inflation, what we've seen with prices, what we've seen with slowdowns uh, and interest rates, uh, that's that is the economy, and so we are very likely to see a slowing, if not negative. Let's you know because we haven't actually gone into negative growth yet, which would I thought we we printed I thought we printed a negative number last quarter. That's why if we print the, another what negative I'm seeing, number. We're, we're we're in recession theoretically. Uh, what I saw was zero. What I saw was a reduction of. Um, the what we let's see uh it was 0.0 percent i think of growth in the second quarter was the forecast right now anyway it doesn't matter we're going into here we're, we're no, going to go it right into here. a recession i got it right here yeah. according to cnet here in the first three months of 2022 the us gdp dropped 1.4 percent there you so go if okay we, so we have we a, print, so if we, if we do it if we yeah. do that again we're, we're in a recession if you look at the the definition of a recession Right. So, there you go. so with that said, the, the only question is going to be how deep does it go? And the, to your point, this can be a good thing. This is, good, this is going to get a lot of the, the crap out of the water. Um, this is going to you know, separate a lot of the, the, the frothiness of, the, you know, of, of stuff that wasn't going to be valuable anyway and is going to provide an opportunity for new, new entrants in all kinds of things, new entrants in value, new entrants in marketplaces, new entrants in, in investment opportunities, um, and all those kinds of things, as long as we don't go into a place where you know, the, the, because if you look at some of the fundamentals, we still have a lot of good fundamentals, unemployment at a low rate um, and, and all those kinds of things. So this is likely what I what really annoys me is the dystopian landscape that is painted by the major news media about, 
you know, what a recession is, yeah. right? You know, if you listen to the mainstream news, you'd think a recession is going to be, you know, we're all going to be on bread lines, you know, in the next month. And th- this can be an okay time. Now, you're, don't look at, this isn't the time to look at your 401k, and it's not the time to look at your, you know, your portfolio of your, of your stock market. But, you know, keep in mind that it wasn't that, you know, even in the Great Recession of 2008 and 2009, you know, the, 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 from, a, from an investment perspective, came out of it pretty quickly. Uh, 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, which is hard to get your head around when you're thinking about, well, it's going to be next year before we can actually feel like we're out of this thing. You know, just know that the headlines for the next six months are going to be dire, right? I mean, it's going to be, you know, I, I'll, I'll already make the prediction. This, this is my prediction okay. that in o- October, as we start getting into football season and you and I are talking about the Browns and the Cowboys and all of that, you're going to see all of these headlines coming out of mainstream news calling, is it going to be Christmas for your children? You know, are you going to be able to put any presents under your tree? The recession is going to kill you. You know, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be that, right? And, uh, you know, it, it, uh, what I'm hopeful, I mean, look, anything can happen. Glo- you know, there are global, economic, socio-political, all kinds of, you know, things that are going to be coming up this fall that could affect positively or negatively the economy, not the least of which is war, elections, all, you know, so it's going to be a frothy fall. Just know that. It's going to be a very disruptive fall, a very distracting fall. The key, I, I, I so believe in what you just said, which is if you keep your eye on the ball and you focus on getting the work done and you focus in on value, you will be okay. You will be all right here. And, 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 and that is the, that's, the, that's at least my message mm-hmm. is, just, is just, you know, it's time to do the work. Just, I guess what I would say is I, I'm, I benefit from this time period because I remember it so well. And it was very, very difficult to keep doing all the things and believing that, yes, that well, you're during, during 08 really and 09. Hard. But that, but if you, but that's what I'm saying. What a great opportunity! I um, I talked about this in my newsletter. There is no reason why Content Marketing Institute should have created Content Marketing World. The reason Content Mark we were able to do that was because the big media companies like Advertising Age and B two B Magazine, who should have done it, never did because during 08 and 09 they stopped investing in things. They just yep. kept doing what they were doing. They just hold down the fort. Get whatever sponsorship and advertising we can. We're not doing anything new. Well, we did. We focused on this area called content marketing. You and I were out there doing all these speeches and talking about how it's going. And in 2010, it just was like, oh, my God. Look at look, everyone's talking, they're coming to us for advice and for consulting and for education and whatever because we were doing this for the last two, three years and nobody else was. Yeah. And the same thing yeah. is going to happen. So this is why, where the opportunity is because your competition right now from a content perspective will stop in a lot of cases. You'll get 75% of the content creators in your particular niche will stop doing what they're doing. And you're seeing it yeah. already. You're That's seeing right. podcasts stop. Yeah. You're seeing e-newsletters stop. You're seeing Twitch streams stop. And they're just like, oh, I'm... I don't know. And they freeze because of what you're saying. Everybody yeah, that's freaks exactly out right. and they don't want to spend the money that some of the money that it takes. So get your expenses in order right now. 
focus on what you need to do to to keep that runway pushed out as far as possible so that you could do what you need to do and then when everybody's purse strings open back up and everyone gets comfortable you're there to re- reap a lot of those rewards yep that's exactly right i left i left my job my you know to come join with you biggest mistake biggest of my mistake life. of your um, life. <laughs> 2009 right i mean i i you know I, I mean i technically left in 2008 but i was still on a freelance basis um for that company for about six months as i worked my way out of the cmo job and but in 2009 it was i, I still remember this conversation it, it's etched into my brain it, it was such, it's one of my favorite conversations of my entire career is the one you and i had on the phone and you were like are you all in and i'm like i'm all in and then I got and 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 I got off the phone and went to my wife and I went I just I just told Joe I'm all in and and basically left all that and and basically went all in and and it was you know 2010 2011 2012 we wrote a book we did the thing we did the work we flew around we did you know we worked our asses off and it you know it was a good thing yeah yeah it was a good I, thing I, I got I, and there were a lot yeah. of smart people talking about some of our concepts but the the difference is is that you and I were actually doing the work and executing it and we didn't stop that's yeah. it and it wasn't that it wasn't hard it was really hard it was it was it was difficult at times but you know and but it it, it the 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 whole point is is that you didn't let the sort of world distract you from the you know the good you can do. So, yeah. yeah. So, and another, but there you go. I'll leave it with the other thing that you mentioned that's really important is probably not a good time to look at the old 401k or retirement accounts at this point because you're going to be like, what happened? I know. Yeah. Everything's underwater right now, especially if you're in tech, in any tech at all. Cause, oh my God! Yeah, I, I looked at my Ameritrade account the other day. That went. Yeah, that was a mistake. But I, I would say, <laughs> you know, was, and I would yeah. say, but I would, I would feel fairly confident that said if you look at it from a year or now, you're not gonna, you're gonna be like, oh, that was better. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's so, right. I mean, I may take. I was, I was looking at it because there are a few things that I may just want to clear out and just sort of take the loss on because they're just you know, yeah. there's it's pretty obvious they're going to zero. Some of the smaller things that I've done, but yeah, I mean. In any event. All right. Well, that was All good. Right. That was a good, Let's, positive, yeah. uplifting chat. There we go. Chat. There what, we go. Excellent. I'm hoping it was, yes, we have. Let's talk well, about let's a talk bill about that's going to threaten the freedom of expression. The, exactly. <laughs> there we go. All about, it's it's those damn Canadians. Um, they, you know, they're doing something in they're a, in a, in so a way mean. that is. Yeah. What's they're always, that? yeah, they're always so impolite. Um, <laughs> so this comes to us. This is a press release we'll link to in the actual uh um, in the actual show notes, although there are a number of news organizations, um, mostly, as you might expect, Canadian, covering this. Apparently, Bill C-11, uh, which the uh, this particular press release has called a threat to freedom of expression, on November 22nd last year, says the press release, the federal government, meaning the Canadian federal government, introduced Bill C-11, the Online Streaming Act, in the House of Commons. Its goal is to allow the CRTC, that's the uh, Canadian... Uh, I guess the, uh, the the equivalent of the FTC here in the U.S., to regulate online streaming services. The Netflixes and Disneys of the world, as well as platforms like Spotify and YouTube, are targeted by the bill. It will potentially cover almost all audio and audiovisual content accessible online in Canada. A new MEI pu- publication warns against the possible economic, cultural, and legal consequences of this bill. 
The goal of the bill, says uh, the CRTC, is to correct the current legislation's blind spots and expand the empire. No, that's not from the CRTC. That's from them, basically. Uh, the people who don't like yeah. this bill. Uh, anyway, uh, the idea here is that, as the press release goes on to talk about and other news articles talk about, is that I guess, and this is where my confusion starts, uh, Joe, and I would love to get your take on this. As I read through a bunch of the analysis here, there seems to be a lot of like, you know, a lot of different interpretations around what this law would do. Some of it basically say these platforms like Spotify and YouTube and others would have to sort of prioritize Canadian content. Others say that that's not the case. It would just be a suggestion that uh, there would be some percentage of Canadian content featured. Uh, some of it is that it would push other content down. Some of it says that they're going to have to change the way that they present content to Canadians. What What is your yeah. take on this? Thing? It's, it's very difficult because there's so many things attached to this. It looks like what they're trying to do is bring the Netflixes, the Amazons, the Spotify's under the same rules that apply for traditional broadcasters in Canada. Right. So there, there you go. So, and, and, and the issue with that is is that a local radio station and a local television station in Toronto has very different ways of creating content than, say, a Netflix, which is right. yes. a international um, streaming service, and Amazon and Spotify. So, and and it's this is a very, from what I can gather, a very nationalistic bill for. Canada because they're like, oh, we want more Canadian creators that you focus on them, more Canadian Canadian artists, and uh, we want more Canadian content given, um, you know, priority. In and I, which is all fine, if you're if you say, oh, I'm a Canadian artist and I want this to happen, but that's not what's going to happen, I think, because it just gives this organization. Which is what is it? The CTRC is that right? The, the CRTC. CRTC. Yeah, CRTC. Uh, which is what does that stand for? Canadian uh, Radio uh, and Television something. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to put this under their purview, and what it does is, I know the whole press release was talking about gloom and doom and Big Brother and that whole thing. You might get some of that. And you might also get the fact that Netflix says, I don't forget this. I don't want to deal with what's going on in Canada. Forget it. So you could actually hurt Canadian consumers through this. Right. That's right. They're like, I don't want to play by your rules. It's happened before. Like right, Netflix is not gonna is gonna say, I don't want to deal with North Korea. Done. <laughs> Whatever. You could get the same kind of thing. So it's just a lot more difficult to put rules on, and you know that you've been talking about, um, you know, freedom on the internet forever, and that you're so—I mean, you, right. it's so important yeah. to you. What's the net neutrality? Net neutrality, yeah, exactly. So if you get yeah, this in there, what, what is it going to mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this is a similar—you uh, know—it's different, but it is similar to net neutrality, and that new net neutrality is ostensibly enforcing a idea to say that you can't prioritize traffic, right? You can't prioritize internet traffic or, you know, so this was to prevent, for example, you know, Comcast or those who provide your bandwidth charging you extra money to get, you know, Netflix or to be able to surf uh, Google 
rather than Facebook, right? So they might, you know, they might say, well, you get a package of internet, you know, connectivity that, you know, if you want to get on Facebook, well, you're going to have to pay X. If you want to get on, if you want to stream, you know, media, you're going to have to pay Y. And so that was the, the, the idea behind is that all internet traffic is treated equally, net, therefore net neutrality. This is a, a similar kind of thing where they're saying, look, you know, you have to treat Canadian content in a different way, which I totally agree with you. My interpretation thus far seems to be that there could be a lot of unintended consequences here. Yes. Um, and so, I, you know, so by its very nature, it makes me want to be against it. But I think it's something that we should just keep in mind that it's not necessarily the, as draconian as it, as, as some right. of the it, when you, media coverage is saying. There, there's a lot of support for this. It seems like they're really trying to push this through, through quickly. On If you just looked at it and said, oh, yeah, of course, the, the traditional broadcasters should be treated just like Netflix and Amazon and everything should be the same. The problem is it's, just, it's not just those big companies. If you say streaming content, what, th- that means any, anyone, that, that, any streamer. That's not just a big company. Right. Like, That's how do right. you define which companies are going to have to be under s- such purview and which are not? And so individual content creators could get hurt on this as well if they're not, oh, I have to have certain amount of Canadian artists and I have to do this and I have to... Like, what does that mean? So we just don't know yet. That's my problem with yeah, any kind of, of bill that goes on this is that it's going to be the unknown stuff that's really going to hurt. So I'd rather not see it. Yes. Um, at all. There are 150 <laughs> amendments to this bill right now. I know. Now. It's so, so crazy. And it's, it's, they're really yeah, trying to I mean, fast. It's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if you've read the secondary articles here, but there's a group of people that are really pushing this through without discussion because they're they're trying to get this thing passed as quickly as possible. And they're like, well, what about the discussion here? What are we doing? There's something weird going on with this bill. Yeah, something weird going on in Canada. There's your title for your episode, yeah. folks. As the something, something, something odd going on in Canada, which is not usually the case. It's usually pretty, pretty, it's pretty. Usually, uh, well, yeah, pretty, something odd know, going on in America, up there, in Canada, up north. Canada, yeah, Canada, yeah, Canada, yeah Canada's like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well they're like they're like sorry, sorry, sorry. We're we're sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. It's my Canadian accent impression. That's that probably sure not great. All yeah. All the Canadians are rolling their eyes right about now. All right, let's move on to our next story here, which is of course about our favorite uh company that we like to dunk on a little bit, which of course is Facebook. Yay. Um you know, so here's the, uh, this is coming to us courtesy of, again, a media operator, great newsletter that uh, I have come to enjoy as well as Joe. Um, Facebook rug pulls the media companies again. First of all, great headline. Uh, well done, you. Uh, the article opens up by saying, if there's one thing publishers can always depend on, uh, I would actually add the phrase, and never learn from, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's Facebook pulling the rug out from under them. And yet, even though they know it's going to happen so often, publishers are unable to resist the temptation that comes from a Facebook offering. Uh, this is, the, he now pulls from the Wall Street Journal to say, Meta Platforms Facebook is reexamining its commitment to paying for news. People familiar 
familiar with the matter said, prompting some news organizations to prepare for a potential revenue shortfall of tens of millions of dollars. The company has paid average annual fees of more than $15 million to the Washington Post, just over $20 million to the New York Times, and more than $10 million to the Wall Street Journal. According to people familiar with the matter, the journal fee is part of a broader Facebook news deal, largely negotiated by parent company Dow Jones, including annual compensation worth more than $20 million, people familiar with the partnership said. The company is looking to shift its investments away from news and toward products that attract creators, such as short-form video producers, to compete with, oh, guess what, TikTok. Uh, Facebook always loses focus. Three years ago, it was thought that its readers would want to bypass media paywalls and just read news articles on the platform. But fast forward three years later, and Facebook has a shiny new toy that it wants to play with. In another few years, it'll be on to something else. Boy, do I agree with that statement. Uh, the article goes on to talk about some of the smaller publishers that could be affected, uh, and as well as some of the um, you know things that publishers might do so that they don't get the rug pulled out from them again. So do we never learn, Joan? Do we never learn, I guess is the question for you. Well, I... You know, it's interesting if you read through this, there's a couple comments that says, hey, if you want to play Facebook's game, that's fine. Take the money, uh, but don't look at it as long-term revenue. And boy, was that good advice because it's just, yeah, you, that's you right. know it's going to go. By the way, my, I mean, I think we predicted on this show that at some point very soon, Facebook will pay zero. They will pay zero out for content to traditional publishers because they're focusing so much on on getting more creators on the platform that are not charging them anything at all. And that's the way it's going to be because what right. they don't well, want people big to leave signs. their platform. They don't. That's right. There's there's big signs right now all throughout Facebook, I'm sure, that say it's about TikTok, stupid. Um, you know, I mean, it, they, they don't... Right now, articles from Wall Street Journal, articles from New York Times, article, that is so not on anybody at Facebook's mind right now in terms of competition and where eyeballs are going. It is 100% to TikTok. That is where they are losing attention. They are losing time on site. They are losing everything to TikTok. And so, you know, there's a corollary, by the way, just so you know, uh, that we could have covered that. um, And I'll try, maybe I'll try and find the link for the, for the show notes where they talk about how, how many kids, young people are getting their news now from TikTok. Um, and they're actually getting, you know, they're actually starting to follow people who who put up news uh, on on that channel. So it that pendulum, by the way, will swing back at some point. <laughs> so it's just a question of of when. And it's just it it feels like publishers, uh, you know, I mean, maybe they know what they're doing here. Maybe they're like, yeah, we'll just take the money when the money's good, and we won't count on it when it's bad. But it just never seems like. It seems like these these deals get made, and then we come on and we go, "Nah, this is going to be bad," and then it ends up bad, and then somebody goes, "Oh, but it's going to be coming back," and then the pendulum swings yet again. So maybe this is just another pendulum swing, but I, I think where sta- Facebook's stock is right now, I mean, we could look at this and say this might be the pendulum that doesn't swing anymore because Facebook is is Facebook's in trouble. Let's just put it that way. I mean, they're still a great company. They're still killing it and crushing it when it comes to advertising relatively speaking but boy are they boy are they trying to you know scramble right now for for something they just announced that they're killing off all of their investment in uh in the meta in the in the eyewear that they that they were going to create the hardware that they were going to create for you know for their metaverse idea so 
you know, who knows what's going on over there right it's, now. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's funny. I saw a stat the other day. That I don't know what year it was, but Microsoft stock hit $57, went down during one of the recessions, and didn't surpass $57 for 17 years. Yeah. Now, by the way, they're, yeah. I think, the, the second or third largest company by market cap in the world. So they've they've held up probably better than almost every other company in the world out there during this period as well. So if you remember Microsoft making all these strange bets and doing these things, this is Microsoft couldn't figure themselves out. And then they did. I, you, I could yeah, see the exactly. same thing happening with Meta. They they don't know who they are. They don't know what they're going for. They had you know a great product. It took off, and now they're trying to figure out what's next. They they don't know. And now what, during that time, you know what happens is all this ancillary revenue that's sloshing around that comes back. This is what we're talking about. That revenue is never coming, never going back to publishers again. So if you are getting some of this. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, right. You won't so, get you won't get it again. Right. And nor, nor should right. you, by the way. So nor nor should you anymore because everyone right. knows what Facebook is. If you want to play that game, I think it's a losing battle. Uh, Facebook is on to bigger and better things. Done. Focus on your own media channels. So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's move on. To some rants and raves. Yeah. Not that we haven't been ranting and raving all episode, it, really it feels has. like. But, One big uh, rant. Uh, uh, the, uh, this is the part of the show, empirically favorite part of the show, by the way, uh, where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like we can fit into Marilyn Monroe's dress or, quite honestly, like we're just going to have to walk the red carpet in some kind of replica. Uh would you? Would, but no, uh, no, let me go. go let me go first I, because you I, have uh, yeah. you have seventeen. Oh, I was going to ask you if you today, would wear so. Marilyn Monroe's dress, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me do mine. This is a shout out yes. again to Simon Owen's newsletter. Writes an interesting article to say the least on when when should a creator throw in the towel? It's gotten a lot of uh, good uh, shareability. I saw it on. Uh, number of newsletters, but basically goes through the different pros and cons and when you should whatever, and it really comes down to the especially during this time. It it talks about the longer you go, the better chances you have for success. Like not like that's rocket science, but that's it. It's absolutely yep. true. Yeah, the longer you go, the more you have for success. We talked about the example at the beginning about you know us pushing through content marketing when no one else did. Well, a lot of people don't know. That in September of 2009, like I had almost given up. I said, because I'd been doing, let's see, I started in April of 2007. And by September of 2009, I still wasn't happy with where things were. I didn't think we were going to make it, whatever. And I said, I'm just going to give it a little bit more. I ended up giving six more months to it and everything changed. The market shifted. Money started to flow in. That We got the model right. You know, you and I started working with each other. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was the difference. I'm sure that was exactly. I think that was, oh think that was the tipping point. You're just now realizing exactly. this. Exactly. Ju- it just hit this me is- after 20 years. It just hit me that there you it's go. All you finally, um, finally. It, so, but anyways, it's a really interesting article that that uh, that Simon goes through. So it's the time, and so what do you need to do to get to the time? And he brings this up at the end, and and we're launching the tilt has their big research study, our big research study coming out in a little bit. And we, we really focus hard on runway. And the stat in that is 17 months from start to 17 months 
to financial independence. Obviously, give or take. Some people are less than some people are more, but that's the average. So it takes time. It takes a good year and a half plus in order to make that. So you have to make decisions now. And by the way, this is for content marketers and for content entrepreneurs. Like you, These are the times when somebody's looking at a marketing budget and they're going to say, kill that podcast program. Kill that content right. marketing thing. So you have to do what you need to do now to get below the radar from a content marketing standpoint and from a content creation standpoint to last, to cut out unnecessary expenses so you can focus on delivering an amazing, as you would say, ongoing experience to them so that when it does clear up, you're, you're there. You're still there. You built that loyal audience and you can monetize that loyal audience in many ways. So anyways, great article. Loved it. You get a time to read it. There's a lot of good insight into this, but really it comes down to time and runway, and the research actually shows that. I love so it. There you go. I absolutely love it. Yeah, no, that's that's it's 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 exactly right. And yeah, in 18 months, it's it's just you have that. If you've got that in your head, you're 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 doing you're doing well, great. Well, you and I have been on you're a, doing you great. And, By the way, that, I remember you and I being on a number of consulting gigs, and they were talking about you know what could we expect after six to nine months, and we would just be blunt and just say. If you're just going to do this for six to nine months, and that's your, that's all the time you have, you might as well just go buy advertising. Like just, yeah, don't that's wa- exactly don't waste it. your yep. time creating the infrastructure to tell amazing stories and create these amazing un- experiences that no one else is doing. If you're going to stop in nine months, because you're not going to see the results that you want to see. That's it for twelve to eighteen to twenty-four months. That's exactly right because it's it, the the entire the entire strategy is build an audience and then the audience provides value but it's it, like the Jerry Seinfeld thing it, it's that first part that's so important you know what i mean it's like it's you, there's the building of the audience and then there's the holding of there's the, the audience i love that part now there's i don't think you understand the deep, what is it? The deep, the dimensions of a, what a reservation <laughs> yeah. is. It's like i can make the reservation but I the do. important part is that the reservation <laughs> is held Right. So. so that's it. As you build the audience first, that takes time. Then the audience starts to provide value. And uh, that's what a lot of us forget. You know, I've, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've had a conversation with a, a CMO or a VP of marketing. And they said, you know, we built a blog. And then on day two of the blog, it didn't start producing leads. And so we thought it was a fail. It's like, ugh. you know, you just you, you just want to sigh and go, no, 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 no. You got to build the audience first. It's like, you know, we launched the product and on day two, there were no sales. And so the product was a fail. It's like, no, 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 you have to, you have to market the product. You have to build the marketplace. Um, And yeah, that's the important part. Um, What do you got? All right. Yes, I have, I have two very quick things. Um, The first is uh, just something totally fun. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about internet nostalgia on the show and, uh, you know, my, it wasn't my first experience on the internet. That was, that, that went, that predates even the web. Um, but, but my first, one of my first obvious, well, as many people's were, was AOL three. Um, and AOL in the early days, 1996 timeframe, uh, was sort of the internet at that time. You know, that was, you know, that was where you went and you had chats and you could read articles and you could, you know, even at some point shop for things. 
Uh, and so what somebody has done, God bless them, somebody has done, is they've reversed engineered uh, AOL3, uh, and it was it's a Canadian programmer who did it, by the way, Canada in the news again here, um, rewrote basically in Python the entirety of AOL, well, I don't know if it's the entirety, but it's a good chunk of AOL 3.0, including chat rooms, including the news, including a bunch of things. And you can actually download it. You can actually, there's a whole Discord community, and then there's a link to uh, the actual download where you can download it for Mac or PC and upload and then launch it and actually converse with people on, like actually have the experience. There's not many people on there, obviously. It's pretty new and and who knows how big it'll actually get. But you can get a screen name and you can actually go chat and all those kinds of things. It's just fun. Amazing. It's just it's just a really fun, fun thing. And it just it just brought back some I looked at some of the some of the interfaces and it's just brought back so many memories and it was just it was a really I'm fun thing. I'm gonna tell my mom thing. about this. She's gonna be really um, excited. <laughs> exactly. The only thing it doesn't come with is sort of the CDs, the mountain of CDs that you that well, you would get. You could go on eBay um, and buy a million of them if you want to. So, that's true. Yeah, as coasters and yes. stuff like that. Um, all right. So the the last thing that I'll I'll, I'll rave about, um, and thanks to Nick uh, uh, Ogle for this, is uh, a Mark Ritson article. And we talked we've talked before about Mark Ritson and how we rarely agree with him. But he wrote a really good article um, in Marketing Week, and just want to rave about it for a second. Now there is a part that I disagree with, but uh, as you know, shocked to no one. Um, but he wrote this article. It's in Marketing Week. We'll of course link to it in the show notes, uh, and it says uh, suffering from imposter syndrome. The cure is simpler than you think. And he writes about imposter syndrome in marketing, and really just very eloquently, and talks about the idea that marketers have always had sort of a, you know, really struggled relationship with business, and I think that's absolutely true. And the history of marketing shows that that marketers have always sort of been the imposter syndrome kid in in most businesses and trying to always prove themselves, but. He talks about marketers today, and what he what he what he says is, it's a really interesting thing when he says how to get out of that imposter syndrome in in terms of uh, being a marketer these days. And he said it's not helped by as he he calls out Gary V and Neil Patel as sort of he calls them philistines uh, of sort of talking about growth hacking and some of the things there. And he he's a big proponent as I am, and I agree with him a hundred percent on this in getting a classic education in marketing. Um, I think it's absolutely imperative for any marketer to immerse themselves in the classic education, as you've heard me un- probably annoyingly at sometimes uh, go on about in terms of understanding where you came from, where your practice came from, and how you develop your sort of p- core principles uh, of marketing. And he talks about that at some length. He then goes on to talk about, and this is the only part of the article of his that I really disagree with, where he basically says he doesn't have imposter syndrome uh, at all. Good for you, Mark. Um, that uh, he's he basically is confident, and he says the reason that he doesn't is because, and the reason that we shouldn't is because so much of what is marketing today is crap. He basically says his, you know, one of his main things is to point out how how garbage like most marketing is these days and his point is is that saying that you know uh 
marketers shouldn't feel bad about themselves because they'll basically everything else is horrible. So they should feel good about that. And I think that's just the exact opposite. I I just think that's an awful piece of advice. Um, And so what I would say is, is that 90% of this article is great, except when you get to the part where it, you know, understanding that the, the, the world is crap and, and honestly, you won't do any worse. I think that's bad advice. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it, it truly is in my mind. What, what I go back to is all, it's a, it's a paraphrase of a great Steve Jobs quote, actually, where when you look at the excellence, the, the cool, the most interesting things, the most interesting marketing projects in the world, which is always where I want to focus, you know, what's amazing, what's wonderful, what are people doing that are really great out there? And so it's not looking at the great stuff and realize that, uh, you know, that you can't do any worse than the crap that's out there. It's actually looking at all the amazing stuff and realizing that none of it is created by anybody who's any different than you. That's how you get over imposter syndrome is that you too, nobody who's doing these amazing things is any better or diff, you know, or different than you. You can do these things too. It's looking at all that greatness and saying, I'm just as capable as they are of creating that greatness. That's the way to cure imposter syndrome in my mind. And so that's the only amendment that I would put to Mark's very interesting and good article. And I'm glad he wrote it. The fact that you agreed with something that Mark Ritson said is, is, yeah, I know. I know that's a big thing. That's really yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I'm just, I, it was, it's, it's good of him. I mean, you know, look, if, if, if I know Mark and, and I don't, <laughs> let's be clear, um, you know, he does sell uh, a marketing education course, his own sort of little personal MBA. So is there, you know, the, if, if the conspiracy theorist in me goes, eh, you know, okay, there's, uh, I didn't see a call to action to his class in the, in the actual article itself, but it's if probably you a hidden marketing link. week if enough. He's probably got it in yeah, there somewhere. You'll, you'll find it. You'll you find it. Like, you'll find the hidden link to his class. So yeah, there's, there's that. Very so good. anyway, very it's, good. It's, it's a good article. Go read it. So what do you got going on besides the launch of your new thing? Uh, that is really it at the moment, other than obvious client work, been doing, you know, heads down, working on client stuff, uh, in the next, uh, couple of weeks here, going to go see, uh, going to go, going to go get out of, get out of town for my birthday, which is coming up at the end of the month. And so that's really the only thing we're planning for. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And so, yeah, heads down, starting to get this thing cooking. So, you know, trying to work that into my workflow, but, you know, trying to, trying to be good about facilitating the wonderful people who are coming into this thing. So that'll, that'll be my focus for the next week or so. How about Excellent. you? Uh, no, I wasn't wanted to throw out too. Uh, we just launched a really cool course on uh, pitfalls for content creators from a legal standpoint. It's fantastic. Ruth, oh. Ruth Carter does it. So if you're a content oh, creator nice. out there and you're concerned about legal stuff, you can go to education.thetilt.com, sign up. It's completely free. So we're starting all these free mini courses. We've got three or four of them up there right now. So that's sort of our new pivot. We pivoted away from paid courses all the way into free courses. So far, it's working really well. So just a date. Ruth is great at that. point, yeah. Ruth is great. Awesome with that one. And uh, we have our big, finally, the Polizzi family reunion is Sunday. So that's where we have 70-some people coming, which is amazing. For for Polizzi, Polizzi, we got the we got the Polizzi's, we got the Pulses, we got all the Poli- you know everybody, all the name variations. Are coming. get some pizza? 
You get some pulitzi, you get and some you pizza, get some, you get some gabagoo. You will get some pizza. I said it's funny because you know you and I had our had Grandma Pulitzi's famous pizza recipe when you were over at the house, and I put that. That's right. That was the yeah. lead. That was the lead article in my newsletter. I gave the recipe away. So that's lovely. Yes. I want people to share that in in the in what yes. we love. You're a giver. I'm a giver. You're a giver. I'm a giver. You're Somebody's going to be mad at me for that one. There's some Sicilian just, that's going to target me because I gave away Grandma Polizzi's famous pizza recipe. Well, you never want to be targeted by a Sicilian. That's that's, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it. We are getting out of here. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get all the goodness of this wonderful show and all the show notes and links that we talked about, get on over to our website at thisoldmarketing.site. Remember, hashtag us up on the Twitter. We love those story ideas. Very helpful for us to get to those stories uh, as we uh, as we get into sort of putting this show together. And, of course, you can get over to the site to dive into any of the other uh, 327 episodes. It's pretty amazing. Just get on over there to thisoldmarketing.site. And until we see you uh, next week, remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.